All right, hey guys, welcome to Tea Time with the Big Dogs. I'm Big Dog Ethan, and I'm Big Dog Jay, and we are coming at you on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, kind of, actually, no, we're not. Yeah, this live. is going to be our new recording time. Yep, uh, that's. Oh yeah, we're not live. No, yeah, I'm. So... But this will be our new recording time. Yeah, 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 because track practices are really. Yeah. Annoying. Not really. Um, I haven't even had a single one yet, but as far as I know, they're going to be two hours long and start at 2.30. And yeah, so. Just wouldn't really work too well on a Monday for us. So yeah. today we have coming up a couple of uh, couple of things on the agenda as far as talking about what's new in tech with the iPhone. What are we calling it now, Ethan? The iPhone 11? iPhone 11 is what they're going with. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll give my thoughts on that. I'm going to have some strong opinions on it. <laughs> and then following that, we're going to hit up with a couple of... Um, our opinions on how the Star Wars franchise has been going so far, uh, talk about our old favorite Star Wars games, and then talk about the content coming out in the future. So yeah. I guess let's go ahead and kick it off, and Ethan, let's go back on some of the iPhone 11 news. Well, wait, hold on a second. We got to slow down here, Jay. We got we to gotta introduce the, 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 the drinks that we're drinking today. Oh, man, I got way ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, mine's not anything fancy, because since we moved uh, the, the recording time to, to Sunday... I uh, I forgot that we our Starbucks here on campus closes on Saturdays and Sundays. Or sorry, just Sundays. Saturdays they close. I think it's after two o'clock. Um, but on Sundays Starbucks is closed, and I already had my cup of coffee uh, that I had in my room. Like I just had it, so I didn't want to like overdose on caffeine and have like another cup of coffee or uh, Mountain Dew. So I have a nice bottle of water here. Hey, yeah, I have a cup of water. Oh. Um, my, uh, my kitchen is now almost completely done. The only thing that we don't have working yet entirely are dishwasher, inner stove, and oven. So mm. I, have my, I, I have a new ice maker in my kitchen, like built in mm. into the cabinetry. And it's, it's pretty wild. So mm. we get like the little ice pellets that, you know, you can get out of like a QT um soda machine oh. like a qt soft drink machine so we have those we can scoop them out and i'm eating some of that what's so funny about that though is that my dogs they love it one of them had a styrofoam bowl filled with it that she was eating and then another dog the little tiny um black dog with dwarfism i have ran over to her and started to try to fight her just over the ice. Really? <laughs> That's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that dogs they seem to go they, they seem to go crazy over ice. Like uh my my old dog that I had, his name was Buddy. He went he would go nuts over ice cubes. Like even even when he was getting really old, like the only thing that would give him like a sudden burst of energy was an ice cube falling on the floor. He would go nuts. And my dog, Bulldog, I mean, he'll go nuts over anything that falls onto the floor, but ice cubes especially, I mean, he'll, he'll go nuts over those. I don't, I don't know what, uh, why dogs like those things so much, but they seem, to, they, seem to, they seem to love them. Dogs and their ice cubes, man. Dogs and their pepperonis. Dogs and their bacon strips. They just go crazy over some certain things, and yeah. Lord knows why. Yeah. But... <laughs> Anyways, right, so yeah, speaking of dogs going crazy, <laughs> yeah, speaking of dogs going crazy, let's talk about uh, the iPhone 11 announcement because I'm sure a lot of Apple fans are going uh, rabid like a, uh, like a bunch of dogs. Um, so if that, if that transition uh, did, not, uh, did not communicate my opinions about Apple very clearly, I have always been against Apple's, uh, Apple's bi- uh, business... Uh, business methods, I guess, or more like their business. Really, they just make a lot of anti, anti-consumer moves that I'm not a huge fan of. So, like for starters here, so the iPhone 11 was released, or sorry, was announced. It's going to be released on September 20th. It was announced sometime this week. I forgot what day it was. It may, it may have been two weeks ago, now that I think about it. Uh, man, it's, time is slipping away from me here. So the iPhone 11 was, uh, was recently announced, and they're still not, so it's probably a foregone conclusion. They're never going to put the headphone jack back on their phones, and I think a lot of people are starting to, I think a lot of Android manufacturers are starting to move away from that, but, which I, I guess I'll just have to accept that at this point. I'm, 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 I don't like it, but 
oh well, I guess. Um, one thing that's always annoyed me about, uh, about Apple is they like to find ways to nickel and dime their consumers. Not even for, it's not even for, for like having polished products. It's just to nickel and dime them because why not, I guess. So for, for instance, the, there's a feature that a lot of Android phones have had for the past four or five years called a Qualcomm quick charging. So it, it allows your phone to charge like a lot faster than normal if you plug it into, if you plug it into a, a quick charging capable charging brick. Every phone, every, every Android phone that's come out since, I'm gonna say 2016, has had that included as just a basic feature. Like whenever you buy a phone, you get a you get a charger that's capable of this Qualcomm Quick Charge feature. My my Android, my current Google Pixel 3a has that feature. My previous LG G6 phone had that, and yeah, it, it's a it's a feature that's been around for a while. Apple's been Apple was very reluctant to include this feature. And finally, when they released the iPhone, they announced the iPhone X and the iPhone 8 models, they said, oh yeah, yeah, our, our phones are capable of quick charging. They wouldn't include the chargers to do that quick charge feature, which again, that like it cuts your it cuts your charging time in half. But it, I think it's a big feature. It's it's a it's understated, I think, uh, among a lot of a lot of phone users. It's it's a pretty big feature, and they 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 didn't include the right charger in the box. They actually wanted you to go buy that that quick charging uh, brick separately for an additional. I think it was like forty fifty dollars. Which keep in mind, you're spending a thousand dollars on a phone like this premium phone, and they won't even include this basic feature, right? Anyways, um, I knew it was going to go on a ramble like that. I may, I may cut that short. But anyways, so the iPhone 11 was, re was released, and a lot of people were at least hoping they would include that basic feature. They didn't, of course, which, yeah. Now, they did, it, they did include it with the iPhone 11 Pro and the Pro Max, so I guess finally $1,000 phone, <laughs> Apple's $1,000 phones are coming with basic features like that, which, yay. But even then, the iPhone 11's design, I, uh, I, I get, I, I, one thing that I've liked about Apple's products is they do look sleek and they do look slim. The iPhone 11 and the iPhone 11 Pro, they, they just have this weird, this weird camera bump. I don't, did you see pictures of it, Jay? Oh, yeah. Um, actually, what's so crazy is that, I'm, I'm going to go on a quick rant here, too, um, or ramble, I guess. So... Malala, the um, the uh, girls' education advocate in rural um, areas and in um, third world countries actually posted a picture of her wearing um, clothing that looked very similar to the very weird looking camera bump. Oh. It almost kind of looks like a fidget spinner. So I yeah. commented on that, AO, you got him. <laughs> and then after that, a whole bunch of like, um, a bunch of people, like a bunch of like people our age, guys and girls from the Middle East, started hitting me up in the DM. Oh, really? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so you just had a bunch of random people from the Middle East. That's that's so funny. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and, and on Twitter, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people. I think we're making. I mean, with any with any new product that Apple announces, I think there's always going to be some memes because Apple tends to make some. Interesting. Oh yeah. yeah, their their reveals are always so strange yeah. with how they act like things are revolutionary, even though it's been done for a while. Yeah. Or they act like things are, uh, they act like something's great, even though it just seems really ridiculous. Yeah, like the whole, um, like the whole, the reveal of the notch. I just, I, I saw that notch and I was like, that looks so ugly. Like, why is any, what are they, why are they trying to? pretend like this is a beautiful design. Like it's, that's not a good design at all. Like I, I have a phone, so both of my phones that I've had, actually all my phones that I've had, I, I actually liked the iPhone 6's design even though they, re, they reused it for so long. But I like the iPhone 6's design. And Oh yeah, I have the iPhone 7 which is the iPhone 6 design pretty much. Yeah, basically. It is, yeah. it's just, things are kind of offset a little bit. Yeah. I have an iPhone 6 camera or iPhone 6 case 
for my iPhone 7. Oh, yeah, yeah, you told, yeah, seeing that, yeah, that's, it's funny how that just kind of fits, it fits over it perfectly, even though it's a, it's, it's supposed to be a, like a totally different model or whatever, but yeah, it's, it's, they, they reused that design, but I, I actually, I preferred that design over the notch because you could actually, the fingerprint scanner was on top, so if you had your phone laying on the table, you can just put your finger on it and then you didn't have to pick it up and you just kind of use it on the table, which was nice. Um, and that's, that's always one, that's one design that I haven't exactly liked about the Android phones I've used, but, um, but that was one thing I actually liked about the iPhone 6's design. And this, the notch design, for one, they just got rid of the fingerprint scanner, which was so easy to use. I don't know why they wouldn't just put the fingerprint scanner on the back if they were going to go with a notch design, which was, uh, I, I did not, yeah, I can't believe they got rid of that fingerprint scanner because it was it was a nice it was a nice convenience. It's a nice convenience to have. I, I like being able to just pick. Well, I guess they're pushing people towards using Face ID. They're like, yeah. Who really cares about the fingerprint scanner anymore? Face ID is yeah is better. Yeah, exactly. Well, I it's more convenient. Yeah, I I'd, I'd even I I'd even debate about that because I so I've heard it's I've heard it's pretty good. Like I've I've seen I've seen good reviews. I'm not tried it out myself. Um, I've heard good reviews, but even so, I, I've still heard like, yeah, it's there. There are plenty of times where it seems to kind of glitch out and not. Um, it takes a little, little bit of finicky, uh, fiddling around to uh, to get it to unlock or or whatever. Um, and I always felt like the fingerprint scanner thing. It, it it's a lot easier. I think it's a lot easier to get. Uh, well, I take that back. Actually, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's pretty hard to get past Face ID. I'm sure Apple. I'm sure Apple's made sure it's a pretty secure and seamless, uh, uh, seamless way to unlock your phone. I, like I said, I personally just prefer the the, the fingerprint scanner. I think it's a little bit easier to. Um, it's also a yeah, little bit easier to troubleshoot that's too. That's understandable. It's, it's a little bit easier to troubleshoot too. I think because, like, say if you try and scan your finger and it doesn't read it, it may, you kind of know then it's like, oh, it's probably just like you know I have grease on my finger, or whatever. You wipe it off, you try it again, and it's it's simple to troubleshoot. Whereas Face ID, you kind of. I'd imagine you'd have to kind of like fiddle around with it because I'm sure there are a lot of aspects that play into why it doesn't recognize your face. You know, it's a, it's a pretty open-ended, um, open-ended way to unlock your phone. But that's, that is just me speculating. I have not tried it out for myself. So maybe I should be uh, <laughs> talking at great lengths on that when I don't know that much about when I haven't used it myself. Um, but anyways, we are getting a little bit, I feel like I'm kind of rambling. I'm definitely am rambling now. So the iPhone 11, the design was, yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised Apple went with this design because it just seems it seems clunky. Like Apple's been known to have these slim and sleek phones, and now they have like this big square bump on the back of it with these two, uh, with these two, um, what's the word? These two um, obvious camera uh, with these two obvious camera holes in them that just seem to yeah they, they seem to stick out from the back of this sleek phone which yeah i'm not a huge fan of that um let me see what else i'll tell you who needs to up their phone game though windows when oh yeah absolutely are they even in the phone game anymore probably not i, I can't imagine that's that, why i kind of put them out there it's yeah. because i just remember oh man yeah I kind of wanted a, I kind of wanted a Windows phone at one point just because <laughs> it looked like it was going to be very, um, it looked like it was going to be very like useful, like you could use it for many different purposes. Yeah, and that's what I've seen a lot with like Windows products versus Apple products. Yeah, as far as it goes to uh, computer level, because, um, I just feel like Apple tries to oversimplify things a lot. Yeah, which again, I mean, there's nothing. I don't think as as an improviser, I will say it is nice to have things simplified. Uh, cause that's, that's always been my, as an improviser, my, uh, my, my main weakness is that I try to throw a lot into my scenes or whatever. So that it comes kind of muddled. Whereas if you keep the best idea is to keep seeing, keep, keep your scenes simple. So that way you as the improviser don't get confused by what's happening in the scene. But anyways, um, when it comes yeah, I guess that's kind of our take on Apple stuff right now. Yeah. And the state of where they are. I mean, I use an iPhone, but that's kind of because yeah, um, my dad. They're work they're afraid of provides that, but they're so afraid of overcomplicating their phones that they decide to not to simply not innovate whatsoever. They used to be, they used to be the people who set these who set standards for smartphones or or for tech industry or for the tech industry as a whole. 
and now they're it seems like they're playing catch up now like they're just they're starting to put in basic features that have been in phones for years like uh, like quick charging like um, like multiple cam well, I, I mean I guess I guess their phones have had multiple cameras for a while now but uh, they're also having a they're also starting to put a bigger focus on on software-based image processing. So like Google and a lot of other phone manufacturers, they're starting to use software now to process images, uh, to process images a lot more cleanly. Apple, they, they're, they're just starting to do that now with the iPhone, uh, with this update in iOS 13, I think. And yeah. But what do you think about iOS versus Android software overall? Overall? iOS. What I will say, I have not used iOS in a long time. Uh, it's been it's been quite a time since I've used iOS, so I, I guess I don't think I can give a very well educated opinion. But based, it's been about two years since I've used iOS. The one thing I did notice with iOS, I, it was a pretty smooth experience for the most part. But as I'm using Android right now, I don't I don't see the smoothness that everyone's talking about. Like I, I don't see the, people like to say like, oh, like iOS is like a very smooth experience. Like they, like, a, like it's glitch free or whatever. You know, it's a very, it's a tailored experience for the phone. I don't see that. I ran into pretty frequent glitches on iOS, um, especially whenever it was involved, whenever it involved trying to download apps off their app store or whatever. I, I'd have problems where I'd sometimes, I, I thought I downloaded something, but then it turns out it was, it wasn't downloaded or it wasn't purchased or whatever. There, there was some there was some confusion uh, with that. But with Android, I don't have that problem. I don't have like a, a bunch of these weird random glitches happening. Like if there ever is something that seems a little bit amiss, I'm able to at least troubleshoot it and figure it out pretty quickly. Actually, I like um, uh, if there's like if an app crashes. I, if an app crashes for some reason, it just goes to the home screen, like never locks up on me or freezes or anything like that. I had that happen with me on iOS. And it's pretty, it just takes you back to the home screen so then uh, I can just open up the app again and I'm good to go. Now I will say too, that's, it, it may be because I have a Google Pixel phone and not, uh, not, not another Android phone. I know phones that aren't made by Google, they may have their own little glitches. I know Samsung, they, they're not great about, uh, about having clean, uh, clean, workable uh, software. I know that they can have some pretty glitchy software sometimes. But at least for me, I haven't, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't had as many problems on Android. But again, your mileage may vary. Um, I, sir, I would definitely, if you're looking for like a closest thing to an iPhone experience on Android, I would go with the Google Pixel phones uh, because Google takes that approach where they, they're able to tailor their, their, uh, their operating system for their own hardware now, kind of like what Apple does with iOS. And it's, I've noticed that's a pretty smooth experience for me. And I, I, I really like this Google Pixel phone. to our next topic for today? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I, I'd love to make some kind of natural transition, but I don't think we can. Uh, so yeah, I don't think we really can either, other than we could talk about the fact that Disney is sort of becoming a monopoly. of Just Google. like Apple, yeah. So is Google, so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's a, actually, that's not bad. Yeah, but we've, 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 we've hit big business and monopolies enough. Yeah, no, I think we've roamed about, uh, we've roamed about that enough. So anyways, Star Wars, yeah, I think we wanted to talk about Star Wars because right now it looks like uh, the, the current trilogy is going to be coming to an end here in a few months with the, rise of, with the release of The Rise of Skywalker. So we wanted to talk... Yeah, and the end of that trilogy is supposed to be the end of the Skywalker saga. Yeah, which I... I it's about time to end it. <laughs> you know, 30 years, I, I, think it's, I think it's time to end it. Um, I agree. Yeah, so... We wanted to talk first about the older movies. I don't know if we had any sort of special, special thoughts about the older movies. Um, which I guess are we include? We're including the prequel trilogy on that. Am I correct in that? We're including the sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess my I guess my whole spiel would be all about how I wish that 
Lucas could have maybe like redid everything because I, I get that the old Star Wars movies are cult classics and it's really smart to build around them. But I almost wish that after Lucas came out with um, came out with Return of the Jedi, he would have almost like retcon those in i don't know it's so weird because i don't really want lucas writing the prequels again because like he just did such a really like rough time with those yeah the ideas are really good i think some of the ideas for characters concepts are really cool too Mm -hmm. but the problem is the execution the storytelling the dialogue and the special effects just all take you out of the story so terribly yeah um yeah and that's that's really the main thing that winds up like the mind of George Lucas is so interesting because he the man can create great stories, but the problem is he always has a hard time telling them. Mm-hmm. So I, what I almost wish Disney would do is with what content we've got from the Clone Wars series, um, we we have a lot of like really good content. I know that you said that you lost interest in the series. Yeah, I did. There's some good episodes that maybe I could recommend to you if. You, if you feel like buying Disney Plus, yeah, <laughs> I know I will because there's going to be a lot of new shows coming out on that. But um, I wish that Disney would take some of the content from the Clone Wars, like say mm. goodbye to the prequels, and then rewrite mm. maybe like six prequel movies that would lead up in. Mm. Yeah, I know that that would be a lot of that would be a lot of movies, and you'd have to change mm. A New Hope to being Episode Seven, but. Yeah. I just feel like there's so much content out there to work with and there's so much that you need to fix mm. because it's tough to it's tough to make all those wars into just a few movies. Yeah. Like all that war, the the whole Clone Wars concept because Lucas tried to oversaturate mm. so much in just a, a small time frame. Yeah. And it so from what I understand and I wish I had a source on this but I I I, I was told this like a long time ago. It was probably when I was a teenager. I think I may have heard this from my brother. So for what I understand, whenever George Lucas was creating the original trilogy, because he hadn't, he had a bit of a reputation. He made a couple of smaller, um, he had a couple of smaller films that he made that gave him, uh, that gave him uh, a little bit yeah, of clout. I think namely American Graffiti. Yeah, that was American Graffiti. American Graffiti. And then that THX 1138 movie. And so it gave him a little bit of clout, but of course, publisher, movie, the movie studios, I guess would be 20th Century Fox, were still a little bit unsure of him. So they, they, had, they had him working with other people while he was creating the original trilogy. So he directed the, he directed the first Star Wars movie, A New Hope, and then I think they had a second. They had a second person direct *The Empire Strikes Back*, whose name I cannot remember. And they actually had a different guy direct *Return Return of the Jedi*. So he was working and collaborating with other people while he was making, uh, while he was writing the original trilogy. Yeah, and I forget what exactly happened to um, between Episode Five and Six, but from what I also heard is that, or from *Return of the Jedi* and um, Empire Strikes Back, but from what I heard is Lucas wanted to make a much, um, wanted to go on a much like lighter route mm. than the director of Empire Strikes Back, who also really went in and dug deeply to like change things around too. Mm-hmm. And because of that, like he really is a, a big mastermind that came into giving Star Wars so much of the fandom that it does. Whoever directed that whoever directed episode five. There, I feel like, but yeah, I forget let, his name. Let me look, I'm looking up his name right now. I feel kind of bad because we didn't, uh, yeah, because I've, I've heard the name. I think it was like Irving something. Let me, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Irving Kirshner? Kushner? No, that's like the name of an actor, isn't that? Irving Kushner? Let me, actually maybe, yeah, let me check. Yeah, Irving Kirshner. You got it, yeah, Irving Kirshner. And, okay. yeah, so he, uh, um, so yeah, so he directed episode five and yeah, he, of course, I think he did a great job. I think everyone kind of declares that as the best Star Wars movie and right. And then when it comes to the prequels, you have Rick McCallan, who is the producer of it. 
And Rick McCallan is basically just a yes man to George Lucas. Exactly. And so that's that's where we get into the problems with the prequels is that they didn't let they didn't force George Lucas to to collaborate, which is an awful idea. I, film is such a collaborative medium, even if you have someone who's who's a brilliant auteur, uh, who's a brilliant auteur filmmaker like uh, Edgar Wright or um, I'm trying to think of another one, David Fincher. You need you want to encourage collaboration on your film projects. Like my favorite movie, The Social Network. It was so great because you had a collaboration between David Fincher, this who has this very distinctive dark style in his films, paired with Aaron Sorkin, this writer who who's known for some very witty back and forth dialogue. Um, whenever you whenever you have collaboration like that. You can make some really innovative and uh, unique movies. Right, and that would make total sense because you have humans interacting with humans to get this art made. Exactly. And when you do that, there's more human touch to it because you can get more of a grounding and more of a feel. Exactly. So whenever, yeah, whenever, whenever you encourage collaboration, you, you get better. I think you get better films. So yeah, so whenever you just tell George Lucas, oh yeah, yeah, just you, you just you direct your own trilogy or whatever. It, that's not going to go over very well. And yeah, I, I like the ideas that, that he did have in, in the prequels. I think the idea of having a, of you, you create this, this villain who's almost iconic, um, not almost is iconic, Darth Vader, and you go back to the, you go back 30 years to, to depict the creation of this villain. It's, it's quite. It sounds like quite an invigorating story, but yeah, I, I can't. the The dialogue and the way that dialogue was, was written in those movies is just awful. You know, it really was. It was some yeah. poorly written dialogue. Uh, now, Revenge of the Sith. Very poorly written dialogue. I, I did like Revenge of the Sith. I I felt like Revenge of. The, oh, me too. Yeah, Revenge. Again, there were some, there were some very cringy moments between uh, Anakin and Padme, but. Uh, I liked I liked the dynamic of watching this uh, this prodigy or this uh, this hero destined for greatness um, fall off the deep end and and you see his master trying or his yeah you see his master try and chase after yeah him. because he's just yeah right because he's just so he's so hungry for power mm. he is super powerful um, and he also is just deadly in love with somebody mm. who he's not supposed to be in love with mm. due to dogmatic issues, which I would say the genius behind George Lucas, what he tried to do in the prequel trilogy was to basically make a story about how dogma and um, dogma bureaucracy mm. and giving to giving a person too much power mm -hmm. can become just a huge problem. It's, it's, it's big on talking about like war and the war industry mm -hmm. because you have Palpatine who's literally driving both sides of the war. And I think you have like a really compelling story in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I despise Palpatine in a way, but in another way, he's also the coolest character in star Wars. Yeah. Cause he, he knew, he knew how to play. He, he played everyone like puppets, which was, yeah, that was it. Was it was really it was really cool how they uh, at least how they wrote that character. I think I think he was. Uh... Now I will say I can't. I'm trying to remember. Right, but they didn't do it subtly enough. For one. Yes. And for two. And for two, I also felt like they didn't quite make it like fun enough either yeah. to make that like such a great story that it could have been. Yeah, exactly. Like that. That and Vader. That and like just. The dialogue for Vader and just the character of him and his transition kind of happened quickly. So yeah. you really kind of drop the ball in two aspects there. Yeah. You know, just think about the fact that he had those kind of he had those ideas building up, but he just didn't he just didn't develop them well enough. And there was, he didn't have them edited well enough. Yeah, and there was something odd too. I'm just thinking back to this now because it was a bit of a me. I think it it was a bit of a meme. I think it wasn't that like a crazy meme or anything, but. Whenever, whenever we first see Vader after his transformation, there was, uh, whenever we like we first see Darth Vader like in his costume, you know, in his costume in Episode Three. Oh, how he yells no! No, that was just like 
it just felt so empty. Like, there, there didn't right. seem to be any sort of backing of like, yeah, it, it was, it felt very weak. It didn't, I don't know how to describe it. I think, it, so I guess as an actor, you know, the, as an actor, you're supposed to chase some kind of objective when you're, uh, when you're on stage, when you're on screen. You should be chasing some kind of, whenever you have an objective to pursue as your character, that's when you're acting. And I didn't see any, it was odd because I didn't see any pursual of, a project, of an objective uh, on screen, but I also didn't see any, any other kind of attempt to act. Like it seemed like, it seemed like they just had James Earl Jones just yell the word no into the microphone. Like if that makes any sense. Yeah, it, it's really weird yeah. because I guess you have you have Hayden Christensen, who was so excited to be in the Darth Vader costume because Hayden loves Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't really know how to be exactly the character of Darth Vader. He knows how to be Anakin Skywalker. Actually, I think he did a good job as, I think he did an okay job as being. With what he had to work with, um, he did a good job. As, as being Darth Vader, like as Anakin Skywalker, you know, yeah. being Darth Vader, but also not wearing the costume. I thought he did a good job with that, but the thing is he didn't do a good job as being Anakin Skywalker, normal, nice guy. And he mm. also didn't do a good job as being um, Darth Vader in the costume there because like just yeah. things felt off all the way around there. Yeah, it was. The body language for, for Vader was off there. Yeah. Um, he probably didn't really tell uh, James Earl Jones, what he was supposed to be like, what the moment was all supposed to be like. Yeah. Oh uh, man, there's just so much off there. Yeah, it was that the whole scene was just so weird. Speaking of weird things in Star Wars, let's talk about video games because I actually played a recent Star Wars video game that was kind of weird. It was called Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast. Let me look it up here. Yeah, yeah, I have the title. I've played that before. Yeah. Um, Kyle Katarin is your main character, right? Yes. Gosh, I hate this chair. Uh, Yes, Kyle Katarin. Yeah, he's the main character. So I played the first mission of it and it's a lot of, it's fun. Uh, but I stopped playing because it's not great on the PC. So it's an older game. It came out in 2003, I believe. And yeah, they haven't they haven't released any updates or anything like that. So you can't like play it at a. I can't put it up at like a higher resolution. So the graphics just look terrible. And on top of it too, it just was a little bit glitchy too. Actually, I had to like. To get the game to run, I had to like open it and then it would crash. I just kept opening it until finally at some point it started running. Like that was it. Like it's, Yeah, I also thought it was glitchy too. Yeah. Um, but if you didn't hear the news, Jay, they are re-releasing it for the Nintendo Switch and PS4. I think it's at the end of the month, I believe. It, what? Yeah. And they're going to like with with new graphics and updated and everything. No, so it's just a re-release. So I'm sure they like they have to they have to reprogram a little bit of it just to get it to play on the Switch and the PS4. But yeah, they're not uh they're not doing it. It's not a remaster or anything, but they are re-releasing it because it, it I can't I don't think it's it's not like popular like Battlefront 2 was, but it certainly had a cult following, I think. And, yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm sure with um I'm sure with just like it running on the different engine, it's probably going to look better. Yeah, and I'm sure it'll look a little bit better too. I'm sure they've probably increased the resolution on the textures and whatnot. I'll have to they they had a short little trailer, but it wasn't much. So I'll, I'll take another look at it and see if it looks any better. But yes, yeah, so based on I don't the, know how I didn't hear of that. Yeah, wow. yeah, it was a it, it was a small announcement that Nintendo made about it, but. What seems so weird about it was that even though I think Republic Commando is the bloodiest one, uh, the bloodiest video game that I played from the Star Wars series, but Jedi Knight 2 still felt somewhat like violence. It felt like it felt like if they tried to make a Doom version 
or like a Doom video game inside the Star Wars world, Jedi Knight 2 felt like it. I know like you get a you get a lightsaber at some point, it goes to like a third person video game. But from what I've played, Jedi Knight 2 felt very much like a like a Doom video game where like you like the first mission, you like burst into a a stormtrooper base and you're just like gunning down stormtroopers left and right and like their bodies ragged all over the place. It's it was You know, I think there is one that's even more there's one Star Wars game that's even more Doom-like than that. I forget the name of it. Mm. It's like Shadows of something, but Shit. yeah, it's it's the one that it's the one that has to do with um, them making with the Empire making um, battle droids for um, that like look like clone or not look look like clone, mm. but look like stormtroopers. Like have the stormtrooper oh. armor, and they're like a lot better than the battle droids from the prequel movies. Oh. But yeah, I know that there's one that's supposed to be like that. That's pretty wild. Gotcha. Yeah. They call them like the Dark Trooper Phase Two. Shadows. Is it called Shadows of the Empire? Maybe I feel like I've heard of it too. Yeah, I don't quite know what it's called. Yeah, I think it was Shadows. It, but, it may have a, yeah. I think it was released for the first, the original PlayStation. I think I may be wrong about that. Um, yeah. Let me check here. Oh, maybe this one. But I know that one also has a cult following, and it's a little—it's even older than Jedi Knight Two. Yeah. Well, anyways. Um... Well, my favorite game. Yeah. What was your favorite game? Sorry. Is my favorite game is um, probably probably would have to be Battlefront Two from mm. two thousand and seven or two thousand eight. Yeah. I forget which one it was, but. Um, my favorite, um, my my one that I played the most was definitely a real time strategy game called Star Wars Empire at War, and Star mm. Wars Empire at War: Forces of Corruption. Those two real time strategy games just had me hooked, where I was constantly just wanting to play Galactic Conquest and take over the galaxy. Gotcha. Yeah, actually, I have both those in my Steam library because they had the uh, they had those on they had those games like that whole bundle like the, all the Star Wars classic games on sale so I picked them up but yeah those are uh yeah I've heard good things about both of those games so I played Battlefront 2 when I was in fourth grade and it was a lot of fun I didn't play much of the multiplayer uh but I did play through the single player I think I played Galactic Conquest a couple of times and it's a pretty fun game I I liked it for sure I, I wish I had the chance to play it online because I heard the online um is a lot of fun um I just yeah, its servers are down for its online now, but yeah, um, and that that's too bad. But yeah. yeah, it was really fun to play online. Yeah. Now I just realized that I so Jedi Knight Two is not as far from my favorite Star Wars game. Uh, my favorite Star Wars game is definitely definitely Republic Commando. I'm a big fan of single player first person shooters. Uh, oh yeah, that one's such a great game. It's a it's a that one would probably be my second favorite. Yeah. I just love I love the great take on the Star Wars universe. It just it glitched out on me way too much. Like it wouldn't run super well for me. Like if I could get it up and running it was perfect, mm. but the thing is I couldn't get it up and running a lot. Gotcha. Yeah, that's all cuz I, I didn't have any problems. Then again, I was at the time I was playing I was playing on it on a Windows XP computer. So that's probably why it was working okay for me then. I don't know if it, I think it should work okay for me now. I may I may have to give it another try at some point. Right now I'm playing Resident Evil Seven, which is a yeah it's terrifying, terrifying game. But uh, anyways, Republic Commando, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a tactical first person shooter, so it's not like a run and gun kind of game. You have a squadron of soldiers, and um, basically you you're going from door to door, uh, trying to get to uh, you're you're on some kind of mission. I think there are like three separate missions. I think on three different planets, and you have to try and uh, usually usually you drop in on a mission trying to look for some person or, or some kind of rescue mission, and you end up having to like uh, you end up trying to have to escape out of there because you fail your mission or whatever because the mission just goes awful and so you have to you have to try and escape. Yeah, I only played on the first on the first um, mission, which is on Geonosis, yeah. and I just remember it was pretty it was kind of terrifying a little mm. bit when i was young like there were things about it that kind of spooked me a little bit yeah. like even just the b1 battle droids they were kind of creepy yeah and then there was the the b2 battle droids the super battle droids and mm. those were freaky as heck and they took forever to take out yeah 
There, yeah. And the droidicas came rolling in, and yeah, you, you knife the Geonosians, and like their blood comes out, and you knife the battle droids, and oil comes out, and it's just like whoa. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's a yeah, it's a it's a super um, gritty, violent take on the Star Wars universe. Speaking of uh, gritty takes on the Star Wars universe, uh, I think we'll make that a segue for uh, our talk about The Mandalorian. Uh, it's a new series. I hate this chair. It's a new series. Um, let me actually pull it up here on IMDb. So I believe it's directed by Jon Favreau, uh, who directed Iron Man, and um, he also he plays um, Peter Parker's, or sorry, he plays Tony Stark's like assistant or whatever in the Spider-Man movies. And so he's like the love interest between Aunt May and uh, he's the love interest uh, with, uh, with Aunt May in the Spider-Man movies. Where is it at? Here it is, The, Man- the Mandalorian. And it looks like it's got a pretty new I think cast. every episode has like a different writer and director. I believe so. The creator of it is John yeah, Favreau. Yeah, I know like Dave Filoni, but yeah, John Favreau. Yeah, and he's he's creating it. And I know like Dave Filoni will get an episode, and other directors will get an episode. Yeah. Probably JJ will too. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's a uh, yeah, and the trailer looks interesting. It's uh, this is also another great take on the Star Wars universe. Uh, my best comparison for whenever, I, especially whenever I saw like the brawl scene inside that cantina in the trailer. It looked like the Dark Knight of the Star Wars universe. It looks like it just reminded me so much of uh, of, uh, of uh, Christian Bale's Batman hopping and spinning around enemies um, while the camera is kind of panning in a circle around uh, around the brawl. Uh, felt very Christopher Nolan esque. Um, let me actually look up. I wonder if they've have they listed like the. Uh, the directors for each episode. Yeah, so Dave Filoni. Okay, yeah, sorry. So John Favreau is the creator of the series. So he's, I think he's written mo- for most of these episodes. Dave Filoni's directing the first episode. And let me see here. Um, oh, yeah, so we have Taika, Taika Waititi. Ooh, Taika Waititi is directing one of the episodes. And Dave Filoni's directing two of them. Bryce Dallas Howard. That name sounds familiar. Oh, she was in Arrested Development. She was also in Jurassic World. Anyways, she's directing... uh, Oh, she played Gwen Stacy in the third Spider-Man movie, the Spider-Man trilogy. Okay, that's why she looks familiar. So, yeah. Um... The writing, it looks like, oh, so George Lucas helped out. It says here George Lucas is, uh, has writing credits on this on this series, actually. I think George Lucas gets writing credits on almost everything. Yeah, well, it says if it's just like as creator of a show, or the, like the creator of the Star Wars universe, it'll say so. But this here, it says George Lucas like actually wrote, um, he's credited with writing on all eight of these episodes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Which is a yeah. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Well, that's good because you know that you you know that it's going to be have some levels of creativity for sure. Yeah. Because he is a really creative guy. Yeah, and it's not it's not going to be like you know the awful dialogue at the prequels because like I said he is working with someone else he's working with John Favreau on the writing so there should I don't think it's going to be there may be some awkward moments but for the most part I think I think it should be um it, it, the script at least should sound pretty nice um yeah and i mean just speaking of lucas and speaking of like palpatine and everything um he a, a lot of speculation he'll be back for episode nine um and for palpatine she palpatine um do you think that he'll be back for this next episode or do you think it's just supposed to be like things that he's created um are going to be causing havoc in the galaxy 
Oh, so are you asking me if he's gonna be back for another, uh, for like another, like to write like another, like movie? Oh no, um, Ian McDermott, like Emperor Palpatine. Oh, the character Emperor Palpatine. Do you think that he's gonna be in Star Wars Episode Nine? Oh, because have you seen the trailer? For yes, that? yes, I have. Sorry, I thought you're, I thought you were asking if George Lucas was gonna be in Episode Nine. I was very confused. Uh, yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I kind of moved my mouth away from the phone. I, yeah. I guess a bit. Let me look here. So, yeah, so he is, um, at least on the IMDb credits, it says he'll be in the movie as Palpatine. So, at the very least, there may be some kind of, like, um, flashback or something like that. Um, I don't know if he'll be back for another episode. It seems uh, that'll be... Yeah, that would be interesting. I, I don't know. I, I if this is supposed to be like the like the end of the Skywalker trilogy, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I don't think we'll be seeing him again because he's kind of been the, the villain of this whole of this whole series. Right? Right. So some people I, speculate that like Snoke was like possessed by him. Oh. Or something like that. That like Snoke was possessed by him and he's been alive yeah. all along and he's like been using objects to like possess people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because there's a whole thing about like the significance of Snoke's ring. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll, we'll see how this all kind of unfolds. Yeah. Um, I just think that there's like so many directions they can take this last episode and it looks like it's going to be a very creative, very epic episode. Yeah. And. I know going into the Last Jedi, I was super like, um, I'll say I'll say going into it, my expectations were really low, um, and coming out of it, surprisingly, I think my expectations got even lower. <laughs> wow. So, but yeah, it's it's taking the whole year off of Star Wars and seeing Solo though, definitely bring my expectations really high for this movie, especially because it ha- it's going to be the end of the Skywalker saga, so we're gonna have to go through mm-hmm. um we're, we're gonna have to go through and like hit on topics and hit on things from mm-hmm. pretty much every episode i'd feel like yeah and I, and I think that's kind of what they said that they're gonna do and there's definitely gonna be flashbacks in there yeah so i'm excited yeah yeah for sure and i'm i am yeah. i'm interested to see what they do with uh with general leia i guess because of course carrie fisher passed away um a few years ago sadly um it, yeah, that's going to be interesting. I, I did feel like they kind of wrote themselves into a corner because they had the option to, to. They had a great. They had a great. Uh, they had a great. Uh, I, I felt like it would have been a better idea to have killed her off in episode eight, but I don't know. They've kind of written themselves. Oh, I thought so too. Like with Kylo, like hesitating to kill her yet. Yeah. Yet she dies. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. I thought that that would have been really good. Yeah, I know. I thought that. Oh, speaking of that, did you hear the theory that Han Solo doesn't actually like get killed by Kylo Ren, but but he turns the lightsaber on himself? Oh, so that way Kylo Ren like tells Snoke that he killed him. Hmm. Yeah, I've yeah. I've heard that. Interesting. Heard that theory. I actually have to rewatch that scene now. That could could make sense that they see Kylo. But see, how does Kylo? What happens in episode eight then? Is it just like, or, yeah, hmm. I'd, I'd have to think. Oh, in episode eight, when he like he's like flying next to two, um, he's flying next to two other Tie Fighters, mm. and their shields are down. Their shields are down in the, mm-hmm. um, in the, what would you call that? In the command area. Mm and they fire upon it mm-hmm. on their command bridge and and kylo is supposed to fire upon it but he doesn't but the other two tie fighters do mm-hmm. and it winds up blowing up the command bridge which flows float just takes everybody out into space and mm-hmm. leia uses the force to get back in which is yeah um definitely something yeah i had to i'd had to rewatch to see i'd have to rewatch both those movies to see if i'd believe that theory it's it's an interesting one. I, I, I see where they're coming from on that one because we don't, um, yeah, the way that those shots are framed, huh, that is interesting, yeah. I'd have to, I'd rewatch those scenes or the, the, those movies again to see if that's actually a possibility. I, I'd be wary of any, any sort of 
fan theory that comes out at this point because I know a lot of fans are just trying to release like a bunch of like crazy stuff just to just to get attention or whatever. Um, oh, for sure. So yeah. I'd be, yeah, we've seen a bunch yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm also interested to see they have they have some interesting new cast members here. We have Carrie Russell and Dominic Monaghan, which if you guys remember Dominic Monaghan, he was uh, he was Mary in Lord of the Rings. He was one of the one of the hobbits that tagged along. He was also in the movie Lost. Uh, he played like the uh, the heroin addicted, uh, um, like that heroin addict on Lost. I, I forgot his name, but he did a really good job on that show. Um, really good actor. I, I like. Uh, he, he's a fun. He has a fun actor. He, has, he just has an adorable presence on screen too. Um, so I'm interested. He makes sense for a Star Wars movie. So I'm interested to see what what they do with him. And Carrie Russell. I mean, she's a yeah, she's really good too. She was in. It's interesting. The only movie I've seen. Oh, I've seen her. She was in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I guess she was good in that movie. I forgot about that. Yeah, she was. I think she's supposed to be um, John Boyega's character, um, maybe like a new love interest and also kind of like a partner. As you see them I hope together they, a lot in the trailers, I think. I hope they find a new love interest for John Boyega or for Finn because my gosh, uh, <laughs> Rose Tico was. Uh, uh, such a poorly poorly written character I, I yeah but he also but it, it's so weird for him too because he likes it, it, like what we see in the movies he likes ray it seems like yeah. and then rose likes him rose likes him and then like just watch him wind up with neither of them in this last movie yeah it was yeah like i said i like some tours that they make that they made in episode eight i like the the story that they had to tell between ray and kylo ren but i just yeah, the way that they handled Finn's and Rose's character was just awful. And yeah. All right. So on that highly negative note, we're we're running at about fifty minutes right now. Um, Jay, I don't know if you had. To, yeah, probably a good time to wrap it up. Yeah, probably a good time to wrap it up. I know we didn't get to the clone. I know we didn't get to talk about the Clone Wars series, but I or like the Clone Wars TV show. But I I don't um, I don't know how fun the how fun of a conversation that would have been anyways because like I said I I'm not too uh, I'm not too knowledgeable about the Clone Wars TV show so anyway guys thanks for watching or thanks for listening I mean this is not a YouTube video uh, thanks for listening to us uh, bark uh, on this podcast um, if you have any ideas about what stuff that you want to talk about please uh, uh, shoot us a message uh, on Instagram or whatever we'd love to hear um, we'd love to hear your ideas uh, and yeah, thanks for listening. Again, this podcast would not be possible without you guys. Uh, there, there's no point in us doing this show if you if we have no one to listen to us. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, we'll try to get a episode an episode out next week. Uh, have a good one, guys. Oh wait, oh hold on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm Big Dog J. Yeah, and I'm Big Dog <laughs> Ethan. Oh man, we totally messed up that ending. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah, have a good one. I was wondering when it was going to come up, man. Oh, man, that was... All All right, bye.